Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. If you don't know me, my name is Isaac. I was introduced before by the wonderful pastors Sanjeev and Jocelyn. What an incredible dynamic couple. Uh, So grateful for your leadership and the weight that you carry here to advance the Kingdom of God. And uh, I'm from the Gold Coast, uh, which is a nice part of the world, but but Sydney's better. Your football team still can't beat Broncos and I'm holding on to that, but, uh, but uh, hey, uh, I love being here. Also, my beautiful wife, Sophie, and our f- beautiful child, Nora, are uh, here as well. And so I love being in the house together, but I'm not a guest here, really, I'm just family. And uh, I love gathering together just in general, but I love even more the gathering together on Resurrection Sunday, on this day that we celebrate Jesus who defeated sin, death and the grave, who robbed the enemy of His power, who laid uh, uh, credibility to the Kingdom, advancing and establishing on earth and who raised to life. And how many are thankful that ours is the God who not only reigns, but is risen. And today we celebrate that risen King Jesus, the Saviour who publicly dismantled and destroyed the domain of darkness through His resurrection and leaving the tomb empty. Uh, I mean, how much must it still sting for the devil that in 2023, every year the world still stops and has holidays to remember that act over 2000 years ago that reminds the city and reminds the nation and reminds the spiritual strongholds, Jesus is alive. I don't, I don't even care if culture is unaware of the reality of the res- resurrection, but just by the symbolism of them stopping their lives, how good to declare the victory of Jesus over darkness. And, and there is a time now to be unapologetic and unashamed about our faith and about our risen King Jesus. Uh, can I say there is something about gathering on this day where we remember the significance of what this day means for the church right across the world. Let me tell you, Let me implore you, do not let proximity to the event create an emptiness of the power that the resurrection still holds today. And maybe for some of us, this is the first time you've ever encountered God. You might have come here uh, because it's Easter Sunday and you just thought you'd be found in the house and you're so welcome here. And we're glad that you're with us. But friend, the resurrection still is real for you as it is for the person who's been here for over 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Well, maybe today you've walked in here and for you, it's just another Easter Sunday and you're just going through the motions. And if you're honest, your well has run dry, the well that used to be running with revelation and with living water, but today you find it dried up. Today, I believe God wants to break through that drought to pour out His presence over you afresh on this Resurrection Sunday. Friend, the resurrection changes everything. And in fact, I love What biblical scholars say, Duffield and Van Cleve in their book, they say this, it, the resurrection was the foundation stone on which the church was built. No, this is not just a one-off event in the church calendar to try and get a big crowd to boost our numbers and our metrics. No, the resurrection is the very foundation upon which our faith and the church is built upon. See, every day is a resurrection day for those who would believe. And let me remind you, we do not serve a dead God. We are not here to channel a good vibration or to gain the attention of a sky fairy or to attract the new age philosophers. No, we are here to celebrate a life, the Son of God who was dead, but is now raised to life, who is indeed resurrected. 
Let me tell you, we live in a world that is comfortable with a version of Jesus that died just like every other God and every other religion, but our world will try to cancel the God who was raised to life, the God who is still alive, the God who defeated the enemy through His resurrection and made a public spectacle of darkness. Friend, you cannot separate the crucified lamb from the resurrected lion. God is both the suffering servant and the victorious King. And ours is the one who is alive. Jesus Christ of Nazareth is alive. See, the resurrection did not make Jesus the one true God, rather it declared Him to be such. That now more than 2,000 years later, that truth is still the same. It has not weakened. It has not diluted in the plethora of religions around the world. Ours is still the one that proclaims the resurrected King. Jesus is not vying for Lordship of the earth. He already has that place. He already owns that throne. He already has that victory. And so when we worship, we lay down our lives to the King who reigns above them all. And my heart is that I would echo what The writer in 1 Philippians says that I want to know Jesus and the power of His resurrection. So as we read through the resurrection story this morning and as we celebrate and remind ourselves of what the resurrection has achieved, my heart is that for all of us, we would have a greater understanding of the rule and the reign of our King Jesus, that He is still just as powerful in 2023, that He is still the one true God in 2023. And so we're gonna read from Mark chapter 16 and the resurrection account there. And I've titled this morning's message, See the Grave. See the grave. Why don't you just turn to your neighbour and say, see the grave. See the grave. Mark 16, starting in verse 1. I just want to disclaim, by the way, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going for it this morning. I believe we don't have time to muck around in church anymore, but we have to take every moment we have to proclaim the Lordship of Jesus. And so I believe as we present the resurrection this morning, just like we did the crucifixion on Friday, that message is enough in and of itself. And so as we unpack the story of Jesus defeating death, I believe we're gonna be confronted with the reality that is gonna transform us from the inside out. Mark 16, chapter one says this. If you have any issues with what I say this morning, just go talk to Sanjeev and Jocelyn. They will be happy to. <laughs> I've already got them on spam for the next week in case you get anything, so I just don't even see it. <laughs> you forward it to me. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, Mark chapter 16, right? When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, brought spices so that they might go and anoint Him, Him being Jesus. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, They went to the tomb and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that in fact, the stone had been rolled away. It was very large. (laughs) It's my kind of t-shirt, you know what I'm saying? Very large. (laughs) And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe and they were alarmed. He said, to them, do not be afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified, but He has risen and He is not here. See the place where they laid Him, but go and tell His disciples and Peter that He is going before you to Galilee. There you will see Him just as He told you. 
Let me pray this morning. Father, we thank You again for today. And as we celebrate Your resurrection, God, would You put a new view in our sights of the reality of what resurrection has done for us. And even as we unpack this story and and everything that it means for us as a church and individually, God, we send an echo out into the spiritual world and the forces at play that our God is still robbing graves and is still defeating darkness today. And we are unashamed, we are unapologetic and we are faith-filled people and a house of God to worship the risen King. Right now, every power principality that would raise itself up against the knowledge of you, Jesus, I ask that you take it away and that there is a clarity and there is a receptiveness to hear from heaven this morning. It's in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Yeah, I love the Gospel of Mark and Mark's Gospel is one really that doesn't pull any punches. It's, it's quite to the point. It's immediately, it's here, there and it just kind of puts all the information of Jesus' life together. It doesn't even start with the birth of Jesus. It just jumps straight into His public adult ministry and, and I love the Gospel of Mark. And, and if you don't know this, let me give you a little bit of context. Mark wrote his Gospel with the sole intent to reveal Jesus as Christ to reveal Jesus as the Son of God. And Mark emphasises Jesus announcing the Kingdom of God through healing of the sick and through the offering of His life as a ransom for sinful humanity, which is what we celebrate on Good Friday and Easter Sunday is that Jesus paid a price and was raised to life to validate the claims of the Kingdom and to offer us an invitation into life abundant. But see, what we need to understand from the beginning about the resurrection though, is the resurrection was not just a certificate of authenticity for the crucifixion. I think for a lot of us, we just think the only significance of resurrection is it just proves the crucifixion. And whilst that is true, the resurrection has so much more to impact us if we would truly understand it. No, the resurrection is the stamp on the life, the ministry and the person of Jesus as Christ, Son of God, to announce and establish a new rule and kingdom of God here on earth. And so the resurrection is not just the validation of the cross, but the resurrection is the validation of His kingdom. And so that means when you read all of the stories of Jesus' life, it should echo into your heart an invitation to see that same Spirit at work today. Why? Because of the resurrection, the Kingdom is valid. Because of the resurrection, the Kingdom has power. See, the resurrection was not just a symbolic gesture. It was not just a poetic image. No, the resurrection is a reality of the Kingdom of Heaven. And we get to live in that inheritance of Jesus' victory even today. Yes, 2,000 years may have passed. Yes, generations may have come and gone, but the echo of the resurrection still reverberates through the ages. Jesus is alive. Jesus has risen. Death, where is your sting? Sin, where is your curse? Sickness, where is your power? Friend, because of the resurrection, God in 2023 is still turning death into life, ashes into beauty, worry into peace, pain into purpose, mourning into dancing, sorrow into joy. And friend, we need a revelation of the resurrection, not just a theory or head knowledge that we can explain it with big words, but a revelation that changes our day-to-day life. In reality, the cross saves me from sin. The resurrection stamps the Kingdom of God over my life. Jesus is risen. I love this quote from Tim Keller. He said this, If Jesus rose from the dead, then you have to accept all that He said. 
If he didn't rise from the dead, then why worry about any of what he said? The issue on which everything hangs is not whether, is whether, or, not, is not whether or not you like his teaching, but whether or not he rose from the dead. Friend, because He rose from the dead, His life, His kingdom, His words, His ministry have weight and authority and validation. And so as we read our passage in Mark this morning, we're met with two women heading to the tomb after the Sabbath early in the morning. We were joking before, that's why it's this morning service on Easter Sunday that has more power than the night service because the women didn't get up in the afternoon. <laughs> they got up in the morning. <laughs> That was way funnier in my head, but thank you for the few that appreciated that joke. (laughs) See, these two women, they didn't know it yet, but what they thought was a funeral was actually a faith-filled victory. And so they come to the tomb with spices to anoint the crucified, still dead Jesus that they think is still in the tomb. And what I found fascinating as I was preparing this is the reason they came with spices was actually to anoint Him, as the Bible says, but spices were significant. Spices were not used for mummification. In other words, spices were not used to just pretty up a corpse, but spices were used to offset the odours of the dead from decomposition. See, Mary and Mary, they were going to the tomb to cover the smell of death of the Saviour Jesus, to minimise the smell of a wasted life. Friend, can I suggest to you that even to this day, man-made religion exists to try to get you to cover up the stench of your own death by good Sunday attendance, by following line with comfortable truth, by tithing more, by doing the right things. But let me tell you, religion treats the tomb like a garage where it can still store your sin instead of a grave that has been robbed, where it has taken everything that separates you and God as far away from the east is to the west. Friend, Jesus came to free you from your sin, from guilt, from shame. And if the tomb doesn't hold the Saviour, then it sure well won't hold your sin. Just like Jesus emptied the tomb, He empties the tomb of our life and we don't need to try to cover the stench of sin, of guilt, of shame, but we get to stand in the reality of the resurrection that says the tomb is in fact empty. So they are approaching the tomb and the two Marys, they begin to question. They got their spices, they're ready to anoint and they walk into the tomb and they inquire of each other. In verse three, it says this. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? See, Mary and Mary, they're walking towards the tomb and they don't even sure how they're gonna go through with the act that they have planned. So they question, who will roll the stone away from us? And friend, I wanna tell you this morning, wherever you find yourself, Jesus is not afraid of your questioning. Jesus is not afraid of your inquiring. He is not put off by your fears, by your doubts or by your concerns. In fact, He already knows the very longings of your heart. But what I love about this passage is that even if they had questions, they still walked to the tomb even though in their heart they weren't sure how they were gonna get in to anoint the Saviour, they kept stepping one foot in front of the other towards the tomb. There is power in a question that takes you to the resurrected Jesus. There is freedom in a doubt that takes you to the empty tomb. Oh, Mary was questioning and she didn't know how they were gonna get into the tomb to anoint Jesus, but they kept moving towards the place where they knew Jesus had last been. Let me invite you into something today, friend. 
Some of us need to go back to the last place where we met Jesus. Some of us need to get into our Word again. Some of us need to get in our worship again. Some of us need to activate our prayer life again. Some of us need to get up early and seek the Kingdom of God again. See friend, when you are wrestling with questions, when you are not sure on how it's gonna pan out, the best thing you can do is go back to where you last met Jesus and say, Jesus, I need a fresh encounter. Jesus, I need a fresh moment. Jesus, I need a fresh Word. Every doubt taken to the tomb is turned into hope. Every hurt taken to the tomb is turned into a healing. And every fear taken to the tomb is turned into faith. So even though they had questions, they still walked towards the empty tomb. So they inquired of each other. And then in verse four, the gears shift a little bit. And it says this, And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away and it was very large. What I love, friend, is that when they began on their journey to the tomb, even though they had questions, they then examined what was in front of them. And this is where perspective begins to shift for these two women on this unsuspecting Sunday. This is where the concerns of their heart are met met with a casket that is empty. I wonder what would have happened if these two women had have stopped short on their way to the tomb. I wonder what would have happened if they had allowed the lack of answers that they were asking questions to, to stop them from continuing. No, these two women kept walking long enough. They kept journeying long enough. They kept showing up long enough to examine the empty, tomb. And can I tell you this morning, sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do in faith with Jesus is to just keep showing up, is to just keep walking, is to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. I know you've been believing for that breakthrough, but friend, don't stop now. I know you've been believing for that prodigal to come home, but don't stop praying now. I know you've been praying for that healing, but don't stop now. I know you've been fighting against that addiction, but don't give in. Friend, would you hang around long enough to see the empty tomb, to see the stone rolled away and to see the resurrected Saviour, Jesus Christ, act on your behalf. See, because when we see the place where they laid Him is now empty, we see that the Father did not forsake Jesus and He will not forsake you. When we see the place where they laid Him is now empty, we see that death is conquered and we can know that death no longer has the final say over you and I. And when we see the place where they laid Him is now empty, we see that we in fact have a living hope in the risen, resurrected Jesus. Church, the sad reality is that for a lot of believers, this is normally just where the journey ends. They might have questions. They might examine the tomb. They might examine church. They might examine the empty grave. I mean, heck, some Christians, they write books on the empty grave. They sing songs about the empty grave, but they never enter into the reality of what that invitation is. I have seen the empty grave. The stone has been rolled away. And friend, I am not content to sit at a distance anymore and just speak about the tomb that is empty. I wanna live in the inheritance that is mine in Jesus Christ. And so they examined, they, they inquired, and then they entered in. They entered into the tomb that the stone had been rolled away from. Friend, what we don't need is more education alone. I need to encounter the empty grave for my own. You need to encounter the empty grave for your own. I need a conviction. I need a revelation. Friend, you need a conviction. You need a revelation. We need a church that is alive with an encounter of the empty grave. 
So you need to understand on Easter Sunday when we celebrate the resurrection, it's not to look and clap and point and go, Jesus, you're so great. Although we do that, it's to accept the invitation of what the tomb is, to walk in the life that He purchased for us on the cross. See, it's common knowledge, but the stone was not rolled away so Jesus could get out, but so we could enter in. See, John 20, 19 tells us that Jesus in His resurrected body could pass through physical material barriers. So Jesus didn't need the stone to be opened. He could already get out. But the stone was opened so you and I could walk in and friend the invitation on Easter Sunday as we celebrate the resurrection is one of life and life abundant. It's one of victory, un, victory unparalleled. See, the Bible says the same Spirit that was work at raising Jesus to life from the tomb is still the same, rolling the, still the same Spirit rolling the stone that is working on the inside of you and me today. I'm sorry, but I don't have a message for you to sit and go, that was good. I have a message this morning that is gonna invite you to move, that is gonna invite you to change your life because friend, when you know the power of the resurrection, you cannot sit exactly like you've been forever. It causes us to be bold, to move, to stand up. And I am convinced that what this world needs, what our culture needs is not more churches who can articulate the message with eloquence of the resurrection, who can describe the empty tomb with great detail, but on the inside, they're just as dead as if Christ never left. What we need is more churches filled with the life-giving, resurrecting power, moving in and through their midst. This is an invitation this morning. Would you come and see the grave? Would you come and see the tomb that is empty? Wow, okay. <laughs> I've really got to wrap it up. Team, you, <laughs> team, you could join me. That would be great. And Can I just say for a moment, we have too many people, and I've been in this, so I'm not even pointing the finger, and, and I'm going on a journey of repentance with this, but we have far too many believers who try to live like Babel and build a tower to God, and not enough believers who would just walk into the tomb. We need more churches, more alive with the power of the empty tomb. You don't need a tower to live with God. He's given you an empty tomb. Would you just walk in to what He has already purchased for you? So Mary and Mary, they inquire and they ask questions, but they don't allow their questions to stop them from continuing on the journey. And, and as they look up, they examine the stone that was very large has been moved away, but they don't stop there and aren't content with just what they saw. They enter in to the grave that is empty. But look at the result, friend. When you've done those three things, when you're met with the reality of the empty grave, their invitation by the angel in that moment is to go and express what they've seen to the disciples and people. You can't keep this quiet, friend. This is an Easter Sunday only type of faith. This is a daily expression of the risen King. The grave is empty. The tomb has been robbed. So we proclaim to every spiritual force of darkness, Jesus is still alive. And that means I'm alive in Him. And that means this city still has a future and a hope. We express to the world, Jesus is alive. And that means you can be too. Jesus is alive and it changes everything, friend. 
If it was just the cross, He would have just been a martyr. But because of the resurrection, He truly is the Messiah, King Jesus. If it was just His life, He would be a good moral teacher. But because of the resurrection, He is the one and only way that leads to life, truth and hope. I love this quote from Charles Spurgeon. He said this, one eyewitness is better than 20 ear witnesses. Men will believe what you have seen if they do not believe what you have heard. <laughs> I haven't heard about Jesus. I've encountered Him for myself. We haven't heard about forgiveness, but we've encountered forgiveness ourselves. We just haven't heard about grace, but we have received grace ourselves. It's why I love on Easter Sunday celebrating baptisms. Why? Because it's the testimony of a life that has encountered the reality of Jesus and His crucifixion and resurrection. And so when people get up and they publicly uh, display their act of faith and their decision to follow Jesus, what it's saying is I have encountered Him for myself and I cannot be quiet. And the same encounter I've had, friend, you can have that too. And so we go out from the tomb and we express the reality of the resurrection to those around us. Why don't we stand and my invitation to us all this morning is to come and see the empty tomb. Come and see the empty tomb. Would you come to the empty grave? Would you encounter the reality of the resurrection for yourself? See, when you get a revelation and you get a conviction about the empty grave, it doesn't matter what the world throws at you. It doesn't matter what culture tries to cancel around you. Friend, when you've seen the empty tomb, you cannot be quiet about Jesus and who He is, that He has in fact defeated every stronghold in the domain of darkness. He has loosened the prangs of sin and death. He has robbed sickness of His power. He has squashed Satan and his demons. And friend, I can simply not stay quiet about this resurrected King. I don't need the world to approve of me, to fact check me, to tell me what I can and can't say, but when I've encountered the empty grave and the risen King, I am unashamed. I am unapologetic for the Gospel with which I believe is salvation of, and it's the power of God for salvation to all who would believe. I wanna know the power of His resurrection to be able to truly say the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is at work in me. That we would be a church that would say the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is at work in you. Come and see the empty tomb. Come and see the empty grave. Come and encounter the reality of the resurrected King. So what I'm gonna do is, as we wrap up, the team's gonna sing and, you know, the significance of Mary and Mary walking to the tomb was, that they were moving. And you know, sometimes I think we just need to move in our body to get our spirit rejuvenated. So what I'm gonna do in a moment is 
Can I ask everyone to close their eyes and bow their heads? And I wanna do an altar call. If, if you're here and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to respond. But then after that, I'm gonna give you an invitation this morning to come and see the empty tomb. And maybe you're here, friend, and and you're that person who your well has run dry. Come and see the empty tomb. Maybe you're here and you feel like you're at the end of your rope. Friend, don't give in. Come and see the empty tomb. Yeah, maybe you're here and you've never encountered God before. Don't let that be the narrative of your life. Come and see the empty tomb. So first of all, I wanna give an opportunity for people to respond to receive Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm just gonna count to three. If you're here and you say, I I want relationship with Jesus, Isaac. This Easter Sunday, uh, I wanna step into the invitation of what the resurrection has done for me. I'm just gonna count to three. Be so bold to raise your hand. I'll acknowledge it, you put it down. But if that's you, you want relationship with Jesus. On the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Thank you, I see that hand. You can put that down. One more time as I look from the left to the right. If you weren't that person who raised your hand before and you say, I want relationship with Jesus. Awesome, I'm gonna say a prayer and we're gonna all repeat this together with that person who made that decision. Dear Jesus, this morning, I give you my life. I acknowledge you as my Lord and as my Saviour. Thank you for forgiving me that I may walk in life and life abundant.